0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up everybody? Welcome back to the Gina Bianca podcast. It is January 23rd and today we're going to be talking about how to budget for education in 2023, like how to determine that budget that you're going to invest in your business, how to find the right classes and why they can be so beneficial to you. So on this episode, I have with me Bridget, my brand manager. She has been helping me bring all of this education to you. So give it up for Bridget. (laughs) everybody. Awesome. So we're here to talk about education. And I always talk about education in a way that like, you know, I can only share with you what I've done. Right. So I've had some amazing benefits in my career from investing in my education. And I want to share with you a little bit about that and kind of talk about what that budget looks like, because every business has a budget and there's benchmarks of what's available for you to spend toward these type of things like there's a budget for marketing there's a budget for payroll there's a budget for rent there's a budget for everything in education continuing in education is a budgeted line on your profit and loss statement so it's
1: let's... also a write-off
0: and it's a write-off who pays for it
1: nobody <laughs>
0: the government no no we um we love that tiktok sound it's so funny um <laughs> <laughs> I like would use that for everything around my house. It's all right up now. Um, but yeah, we wanted to just talk about it because obviously we have a tour coming up and we're so excited about it. We're visiting, let me see,
1: where are we Bad going? Places. we're yeah. visiting,
0: I believe 13 cities. So we're going to be in Houston on February 12th. We're going to be in Atlanta on February 26th, Charleston on February 27th. Phoenix, March 13th. We did change that date because I accidentally booked it on the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is in Phoenix. So we're booking our travel. We're like, holy shit, why are rooms $600 and up? It's because it's a Super Bowl. So we moved that date to the 13th, which is fun. If you're an educator, you know, things happen. So we moved that date. Uh, we're going to be in Tacoma on March 19th, Vancouver, the 20th, all of the classes I just listed are filling up really quickly. So if you're looking for education in the beginning of the year, these are great options for you. Um, and then I'll tell you the rest of them at the end of the episode, but we want to kind of just jump in and talk about how much money should I spend on my education and what should I see from that? So I, can only talk to you guys about things that I've actually done. I'm not the type of person to come on here and be like, try this, do this. If I've never done it and I don't know if it's going to work. But from my experience being in the industry for 14 years, my go-to advice for any person looking to grow in this business is to take eight classes a year. Now, Back when I was starting out, there were not a lot of classes to choose from. Now there are so many classes to choose from. There's online classes, there's mastermind groups, there's coaching programs, there's uh, live events that you can go see your favorite artists, there's hair shows. How does all of this add up, right? Like, How are you going to like evenly distribute your budget to take the classes that are going to help you? in your career. So, um, bridge, did you want to start with anything or should we jump in?
1: No, I think we should jump in, but, um, I mean, why should we be taking eight classes? You know, it's to keep up with trends going on. It's going to build trust with your clients behind the chair. So they know that you care to continue your education because it really doesn't end with beauty school. It starts at beauty school. It's just that foundation to spread your wings and go off into if you want to have a niche or a specialty. So it's really going to build that trust um, with your clients behind the chair. And it helps you stay inspired. You know, sometimes you show up to a class, not necessarily for the technique, but for the energy in the room, which is a totally different ball game. That's why we love hosting classes here at the network. The energy with every class is so different, but it's always so positive and it's so rewarding. And you get to network with like-minded stylists you might be in an environment where you're feeling stuck your salon the people you surround yourself with may not be helping you get to the next level or support you to get to where you want to be but you know you come to a class and you meet new people and you stay in touch with them and you know you hold each other accountable and you grow together which I think is a really cool cool concept
0: absolutely I know for me that I I grew up in salons where people were like kind of like not like against education. Like one salon I worked at was really into education, but it was only one brand specific education. So it was kind of like, oh, all right, like, you know, you take classes and you totally learn from every single class. Like I work for a brand and the type of education that I'm looking to bring to those customers is high value education. So like people in the education departments really do want to help you. Um, but a lot of the time it's like, you know, you want to like branch off and, and do something else and uh, maybe try new things and see new things and see new artists. And now, like on Instagram, like you see your favorite celebrity hairstylist that is a celebrity to you, right? And you want to meet them and you want to go to their class. And I'm sure if you like them, then other people in the class are going to be similar to you. So it's really kind of drawing you to new experiences and new opportunities. So, um, let's talk about what to budget because my thought process, and this is what I've done over 14 years and some years it was much more, but I've always invested around 10% of my income into education. And that money has come back to me way more than what I spend. So I don't want to give like, you know, estimated numbers, but like, you know, when I took, um, I took Tony Robbins business mastery, I took that in 2016 and I doubled my business like doubled my business and it was the best investment I ever made in my career ever. And what I learned on that event was to close my employee based salon and go into my education business. So when I'm telling you my business doubled, my business doubled because my passion was in education and it was something really, really, um, you know, life changing for me. And I had that experience. And from then on, I just knew, that the investment in the right type of education is going to come back to me tenfold. So, wow. even before that, I took a lot of classes and I took like a lot of hands on classes. And I wanna share with you um, an excerpt from my ebook, Read This Before You Raise Your Prices. It's a fantastic ebook. Um, I'm gonna make all my ebooks for sale again. I usually just include them in Mastermind, but I'm gonna be updating all of my ebooks. And uh redoing them for sale probably next month or the month after. So look out for those. But an excerpt that I have from my ebook is um I'm gonna just read it to you because it's really good and I think that it will benefit you. So I'm gonna skip ahead. We basically just talked about, you know, what's in the ebook. Uh we basically just talked about like how much education can come back to you into your pocket, that investment. But depending on where you are in your career. So if you're a beauty schooler, during school, since you're hands-on most of the day, I would recommend investing in inspirational workshops and demo style classes. Spend time practicing everything you're learning in school and keep your inspiration bank full. Because in school and bridge, I don't know if you can relate to this, but you just want to get through school. You just want to get licensed. I was really lucky during the time I went to school. Like We were really inspired and we had a lot of guest artists and it was like a really awesome time for me. But a lot of people kind of get gypped in beauty school and they just want to get done with school.
1: Yeah. So if you guys listen to the episode, Alexandra and I did a little while back, I went through beauty school during COVID. So I got gypped on a lot of stuff on a lot of hands-on. So really supplementing what I missed out on with continuing education was huge for me Um, and boosting my own confidence behind the chair and making sure that I felt like I was up to date on everything that was going on. And I actually kind of had an idea of what I was doing.
0: Totally. And a lot of people have different um, circumstances in beauty school. Some are going part-time, some are going full-time, some have kids, some are starting out you know, you know, with not a lot of resources and they're just trying to get their license. Right. Mm -hmm. So I recommend trying to stay inspired, as inspired as you can and hopeful as you can about your future, because beauty school can be really hard. It can be really great for some, but it can be really, really hard for others. So I definitely recommend keeping that inspiration bank full. And taking inspiration workshops and, you know, going to as many classes as you can afford, you know, in school, if you don't have those opportunities and your budget is 10% of nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, 10% of nothing is nothing. But if you can listen to podcasts, take classes on YouTube, watch your favorite artists on Instagram and just like kind of surround yourself with your trade, it could be hair, it could be whatever you're in school for. I know we have a lot of different people listening to this show. But whatever it is, but keeping your inspiration bank full and looking at new mentors of people who you want to be like or you want to follow in their footsteps, um, it takes a lot of passion and motivation to make it first to make it through the first five years as a stylist. Build a foundation of inspiration and passion to move you through. It takes a lot to get through the first five years. Like the first five years doing hair is not easy. So if you're new and you're struggling, just know that it's usually the same for almost everybody. It's really hard to push through those five years to build a clientele in a saturated market and to be learning throughout that whole process. And we all have our own business behind the chair. So Mm -hmm. it's just really important to keep your inspiration bank full. Awesome. So, um, next is the green stylist. So one to three years licensed. So if you're brand new behind the chair, I would take as many social media classes and hands-on classes that you can hands-on classes will help improve your speed and dexterity. If the educator is good, they can correct posture and give you valuable lifelong feedback that will impact your career forever. I love teaching hands-on because there's so many little things that I can help people with that they just don't know what they're doing. They maybe were taught one way and I can save them so much time during their application just by watching their hands. So it's really important to find an educator who is experienced in teaching hands-on. I've taken a lot of hands-on classes where it's a fucking shit show and this is no diss to like anybody, but like I've taken classes where the educator is not watching you. There's too many people, there's not enough support and the class isn't planned thoroughly. And Mm -hmm. this is why I love training educators. Like I love helping educators become better educators so that students can have more training and coaching because that's not very, as much education as we have, there is not a lot of education entitled to you. Like, there are not a lot of good training programs and salons. A lot of salons are booth rental and don't offer that. It's really important to try to find really good mentors. So there are some great hands-on teachers. I'm a fantastic hands-on teacher. I know I am because I've taught so many hands-on and I've gotten better and learned so much from my students. Every single class, I'm learning from them what they need. And I think that that's really important. Lisa Walker teaches a fantastic hands-on class. Um, Yeah, I love Lisa. So Lisa loves Balia. She teaches a fucking amazing hands-on class. Mm -hmm. Um, And then DJ Muldoon, the best haircutting educator you will ever experience in your life. He is the GOAT. When it comes to cutting and his hands on workshops are 20 stars. Um, We're probably gonna book him at the network this year because it's been two years and we usually have him at the network every two years. Fantastic teacher. He is a teacher at heart. And those are the type of people, not always an Instagram celebrity is gonna give you the best class. You want somebody who has teaching experience. So really in looking into and reading reviews and asking people about the educator before you take the class will help you get the best education experience. Also, if you're in beauty school or kind of a green stylist, the more you practice on models, on your doll, the more time you spend with your hands and hair, the better you're going to be in the long run.
1: Mm
0: hmm. When I was uh, with my employee based salon, Gina Bianca Hair, my assistants had accelerated learning experience. This means they touched more heads than someone three years doing hair a few clients a day. Mm-hmm. And this is so important to get your hands in hair, even if you're doing hair for free to practice. I know people are like all weird about doing hair for free you're, if you take models and you treat that model like a paying guest, they will become a paying guest. Right. So just think about that. The more hands on experience, the easier building that experience will make it easier for you as time goes on. Totally. The next is the teenager stylist. So four to six years licensed. This age group of stylists usually want to take risk and open a salon or suite. If this is you before you take the risk, please take some business classes like mine. Uh, And certainly work on your leadership skills. Stylists in this category often try to jump into an educator role. So public speaking courses are amazing, along with courses on how to stay organized. I would also mix in a healthy amount of demo classes and hands-on classes to keep your skills refined, to keep your inspiration up. And during this time, it's also recommended to take longer seminars to get you out of the salon and into the world so you can remain passionate and excited about the field. If you stay cooped up in the salon for too long, you may... Start to get a little bit stir crazy, get out there and grow.
1: That's a great point. Public speaking, business, leadership, those are all skills that can be learned over time and really be implemented into the salon or suite that you have. Because, suite style, you are in charge of yourself. So, learning how to be in charge of yourself is huge. And learning public (laughs) speaking. Wow. Public speaking can't even speak myself, um, public speaking to communicate with clients. That's huge in and of itself, even if you're not looking to be a suite owner or salon owner, but then leadership in terms of salon ownership is so important. Even for me being on like a basketball team, high school and college, it's like your coach is your leader, is the owner. And if you don't have good leadership at the top, it's going to be a really poor trickle down effect.
0: Totally. And all of these things, like remember, you have your own business behind the chair. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how you're paid. Your brand, your guest experience, your skill set, and the way that you manage and grow your business behind the chair. It does not matter if you're commissioned, booth, rent, salon, or it does not matter. You know how in school they always said you're on stage? School for me, they always said you're on stage. So hair and makeup, look the part, the other thing is like, and, and here's the other thing, people may get mad at me because, because as the owner of my business, I will show up wearing whatever the fuck I want. I can do whatever I want. I'm not really looking for another job right now. Um to TBD. T- b- t- t- I'm not looking for another job right now. But, you know, me as the owner, just because I can doesn't mean I should. I'm setting the example for the entire company and the entire culture. And there's like a, there's a dilemma, what's the word, like a debate in the Mm -hmm. industry right now about dressing comfortable or dressing up. And there's a meeting in the middle of this. The best hairstylists that I've known not are all dressed up to the nines every single day. Cause they're busy as fuck book back to back and they're comfortable. They were sneakers. I have nothing against this being comfortable, but there's this like, uh,
1: it's a fine line.
0: There's a fine line. And I want you to think about it this way. If you're greeting a new guest and they don't know you, you have that first impression mm-hmm. and the guests will be a lot more comfortable if you look
1: better than them that's that's an interesting point
0: the client you should always look better than your client and even if like you dress down dress with style mm-hmm. you know what I mean and have your hair and makeup done if you're not gonna have your makeup done at least have your hair done if you're not gonna have your hair done at least have your makeup done Um, and when you're dressing for work these kinds of things like If you're going to dress down, do your hair and makeup. If you're going to dress up, you don't have to do your hair and makeup as much, but like having, looking the part and dressing for the client that you want.
1: Right. Absolutely. a huge part.
0: And I see a lot of it on TikTok, people saying like, you know, hairstylists should be able to wear whatever they want. And I agree. Larissa posted this TikTok about like no dress code and she posted all of her outfits and I was like, I love that because she's an artist. She expresses herself and she dresses really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in the new year, maybe grab some new pieces of clothing and they don't have to be a million dollars. I know what's her name? Maiden tailored. She's like always thrifting. Yeah. And she always looks like a 10. Always. <laughs> always. She's like, I got these for $5. I'm like, oh my God. Pay Seriously. Me. It's like, it's insane, but just really think about that and dress for the job that you want, dress for the client that you want. And if you're an owner or leader, set the example, right? And this is something I could work on. You know, these are the things that like we could all work on. And sometimes we get in a rut. (laughs) I know my weight goes up and down and it's like, if my weight is up, I will dress baggier. If my weight is down, I'll dress better. But like, it's just look at where you're at and just take a solid inventory, be like, Hey, am I dressing for the client that I want today? Ask yourself that. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So kind of got off a little bit, but
1: um, I was like, what are we talking about? Leadership? <laughs>
0: no, well, it's a leader. It's like how you it's show up
1: an example. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's how you show up for that client. And some of the things that you're going to learn in classes like that. And and it's not always about the information. It's about the instructor you know what I mean? You may sign up for a foiling class, but you take a class with this instructor and the way they speak inspires you. Certain dialogue inspires you. The way they dress inspires you. The way they handle a customer inspires you. You're getting more than technique. So putting getting out into the world and seeing new things and not staying cooped up in the salon. I'm going to pull up. <laughs> I've been fucking cooped up.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, Steve. I,
0: I love Posty, um, but don't be cooped up. Don't be cooped up. So the next is the young adult stylist. So this is 10, six to 10 years licensed. This stylist has made it. Typically, they're fully booked, love their clients, and an optimal stage of their career. At this point, I would take three to four personal development and super advanced prestigious courses per year and continue growing as a professional and to stay competitive in the field. It is easy to become complacent during this time. You can avoid complacency by continuing your education. I know so many stylists who have made it, but who have stopped. Continuing education? They've just stopped growing. Why do you think that is? Comfort. Complacency? It's just comfort. They value comfort more than risk. And they may be overbooked and not have the energy to do anything. You know, I see it all the time. And I think that it's a huge celebration, but don't stop doing the things that got you where you are just because you got there. Right. So, like my master stylist certification, that would be a great class for somebody. The two day, that would be an amazing class for somebody. I think we need to look at our education, Bridget, and cover all of these types of things. Look, I'm getting inspired. <laughs> I uh I love this. Cause like you need to have different things at different times.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So then the career stylist, 10 plus years experience, typically the stylist has found their role and rhythm in the salon and slows down on education. I recommend taking some focus classes on your next step goals. For example, if your goal is to open a salon one day, start expanding on that. If your goal is to become an educator for your team, focus on that. The freedom here is great. If you have have educated yourself throughout your career, enjoy it. And like I said, keep filling that cup.
1: Have to.
0: Yeah. So if you find yourself kind of stuck in a rut right now, it's been a rut for a couple of years or even a couple of months. The best way to get out of that rut is to sign up for a class and just do your research, you know, do your research on this educator and make sure that they're the right educator for you. Ask around, like ask around, be like, have you taken a class with this person? And, you know, what was your experience? What was your feedback? Mm -hmm. Did you learn something? What was the best thing that you learned? Like ask around about the educator before you make that investment. Cause there's a lot of classes out there. that are really pretty penny and it's someone's first year teaching and they haven't quite gotten even the schedule down, you know, the schedule of the class, you know, I've taken a lot of classes where the schedule just isn't there and the class doesn't flow correctly. And I leave, I kind of want to leave during lunch, especially if they don't feed me,
1: especially without the food. If you don't happened. feed
0: me, if I'm paying five hundred dollars for a ticket and you're not fucking feeding me, check yourself.
1: We're have a problem.
0: <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself.
1: <laughs> no, that's so true. But speaking of the ticket price, do you have like any ideas of like what a fair ticket price would be for like a demo or like a hands-on or are some classes if they're priced lower, does that mean that they're not necessarily worth taking?
0: No, I don't think that at all. I think if you're a new educator, the high the high price point is two fifty for like a four to six hour class mm-hmm. two fifty. I think that's a good market rate price. Um, I've been teaching for six years now. My price is not five ninety five, but I also teach hair and business. So I teach two classes in one. So I think looking at the class description, And seeing, like, I would look at their sales page and see if it's detailed out into what you're going to learn. So I have so much experience teaching the principles that I teach. And you've noticed over the past few years that my timing, I'm super focused on timing.
1: Oh my God. It's like clockwork.
0: Do you know what that means though? Once I dial in my time, I know I can add more. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so crazy about my time. And I'm very conscious of valuing and respecting other people's time. I ran late on one class in 2022 and it haunts me to this day, how late I ran. And it was literally because I chose the wrong model, even though she was the best freaking model. Hair was but so good. It was so good, but I ran so late. I ran how long late?
1: Maybe like an hour and a half.
0: Oh, much. and then but, my blow dryer died but, in the middle of class.
1: But well, realistically, she had hair down to her ass,
0: and I platinum like, carded her.
1: Yeah, that would have taken anyone all day.
0: I know, but I'm so what I'm trying to say is I'm so mindful of my time because as an educator, if my time is dialed in, I know I can add more. And if I can add more, it adds more value. So I was teaching foiling for the first three years of my classes. And then I started adding business because I got my timing. I got my curriculum. I got all of this. So like, it's really important to kind of look at what that class includes. And if there's no descriptor and you don't really know what you're going to get, it's a risk.
1: It is a risk. And I think something cool about your classes, too, is you're always open to questions, which always guides the class a certain direction.
0: Well, it makes my class different it's like every single but, class we've done it has been different mm-hmm. it's never the exact same shit every time and the no. model's are always different everything is like
1: the people in the room the energy like I can obviously attest to that I forced myself on tour with you all 2022 yes. and I was blown away she didn't ask me to go and I was like I'm coming I was like I love these classes I'm coming um But no, it's so true. Like the people in the room, the questions, it's not like we don't show up on autopilot. It's like we prep listening to Post Malone and we show up and (laughs) we're ready to tackle the day.
0: Yeah. And all the models, I have a consultation with them and I ask them what they want. So every model is very different too. It's really cool. So, um, really looking at the class that you're taking and what's included because the price point, so you asked what is a fair price point and it really depends on the value. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I've been doing because the ticket prices are very high right now, I think that there's going to be a little bubble that bursts and that the ticket prices are going to be, uh, much different. Mm -hmm. I think, I think they are, but
1: You heard it here first, folks. I
0: think that I think they are. I do. (laughs) So, like, for me, like, looking at everything in order for me to leave my house, get on an airplane with a team, and go somewhere, I have to make a certain amount of money. And that's my break even point. And then I look at it and I say, okay, so what do we want to make? And how can we add fucking crazy value that makes it crazy not to purchase? So like things that we do to add value is we give the entire class online for 60 days. So you'll have online access. So say you take the class and you want to be super present, you know, you can go home and take all of that education home. So that's like a $295 value.
1: Yours free.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's like a $295 value and the the business point of of view from it. Because a lot of people, like what I teach in one- Business class will help someone make an additional $30,000 if they listen. I've seen it. I've done it.
1: In <laughs> there, done that.
0: Yeah. So looking into where you are in the industry, where you are in your career, and what you need look at your budget so let's break down some numbers for budget so since it's 2023 now you can look at 2022 and look at your gross sales so that's all of your sales uh hair services you can add retail and if you want a bigger budget i'm not gonna yell at you for that because i know with every class you take it's gonna come uh, go back yes it will be a good return on investment as long as you research the class thoroughly okay so if you brought in sixty thousand. of that. Six K. Is six grand. Do you have to spend the full six grand? No. If you did spend the full six grand, I'm sure that six grand would come back as maybe additional 20 grand next year, probably more. Absolutely. If you were to spend that full six grand, I would say take my master retreat or take my master stylist class, take hands-on with DJ Muldoon. Mm -hmm. join mastermind or do some kind of coaching program and you'd be under that. You know what I mean? So say you aren't comfortable doing 10%. If you made 40 grand in services, let's say you do 5%. That's two grand. That's good money to play with when it comes to education and it will come back to you. It's a good investment, right? So it's not like, Oh, I'm going to buy, you know, there's a lot of buy stuff. I'm going to go buy a Louis.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my God, please. Game you know what I got rid of? You know, the only Louis I carry publicly now is my wallet. It's my favorite wallet. It's like an open up wallet. I spent so much money on bags when I started making money and it was the worst investment.
1: It's a liability.
0: And you know what? The style now, people might get mad at me for this style now it's like I'm embarrassed when
1: I carry my monogram bag I've never carried like monogram bags I try not to
0: I'm embarrassed when I'm showing a label I used to be like super I used to be really flashy flashy. but people who actually have money don't need to show that they have money
1: I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and this post was on the Dave Ramsey financial, um, what am I thinking of, profile, and it says the top 10 car brands driven by millionaires. Did you see this? No, tell me. Would you like to guess number one?
0: Uh, Hold on. Is it like a Buick?
1: Buick is on there. Number one is Toyota.
0: Dude, heavy Toyota's got
1: three hundred thousand miles. We still heavy have heavy eye roll. Dude, we still have the 05 Camry in the family. My All brother right. drives that.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Toyota. Shout out to Toyota. Shout out to Toyota drivers.
1: <laughs> Toyota drivers. Number two, Honda. I drive a Honda. Love my little CRV. Um, three Ford. Number four is Lexus. Number five is Subaru. Then six is a BMW, seven is an Acura, number eight is a Hyundai, number nine is a Lincoln, and 10 is Buick. Damn. Isn't that crazy?
0: My Range Rover's not on there. Nope. Kick the curb. <laughs> oh my God, I love my car so much. I would never, <laughs> even with my electronic issues I'm having, I would never get rid of that car. I love it so much. Oh, oh my God. That was my- like a... That was a, I got into some really bad car debt when I was like 20, 23, I got into really bad car debt. I was upside down 20 grand on a car. Sheesh. What a waste. I was so bad when I was first starting out. And when I first started making money, I was so reckless.
1: No, i was so reckless.
0: (laughs) No, you Bridget, you're Bridget's only 22 and she's like miles ahead of where I was um, maturity wise. My
1: car is paid off, paid her off in three years and I invest. I have a Roth IRA. Let's go.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I try. I maxed out my retirement this year for the first time. It was really good. I usually will do like the regular retirement that you just, you, as a business owner, you pay like, I think it's like $5,600 or something. You just pay it in, pay it in, pay it in. But this year I set up a, Uh, retirement plan where I could put away more. And our first thing we do is max out the retirement because like the younger you are, the more money Um, it will equate to.
1: Yeah. That compound interest. You have acorns or stash? No, I used to use those. I wasn't really a fan of them. They just didn't work for me, but I know it's like they take the extra change, right? And they stash it. Well,
0: I... I have my acorn set up to do 150 a week Mm -hmm. from my account, and it rounds up all my debit card purchases and it all goes into acorns. And I started it two years ago. I just upped my weekly, and you can throttle it back if you want, or you can invest more, but it's doing really well. It's down now because the economy is down, but it's nice to know that that's there and that I can pull it out if I want to. Totally it's like a good savings account and it invests it all in the stock market and like, uh, diversifies yes. it all for you. And stash, you can actually pick what you want to do. So yeah. Steve is going to make me a stash account.
1: I have a, an E-trade account and that I have to manually, manually go through and figure it out that way. But I have like a direct deposit from my checking to it. So I don't have to think about the money coming out. Oh, and I'm then, glad you said that. Yeah. I learned that from you. And then, um, for my savings, I actually take trackers off of Pinterest. So the one I'm working on right now is like $10,000 in a hundred days, but I don't really pay attention to the timeline. I just kind of do it as I go. And I've saved like 8K from it so far. And awesome. I've only like just started using it like a couple months ago. So That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I love that. But yeah, I mean, back to education.
0: (laughs) The other thing I wanted to say is if you are wanting to save a percentage of your income, what -hmm. you can do is do an estimate. Like, so say last year you did $60,000 and you want to save 5% for education. That's $3,000. So $3,000 divided by 52 weeks in a year, you can set up your auto transfer I would create a business checking and a business savings, or you can say uh, you can have your employer withhold from your paycheck. Mm-hmm. 57, $58 a week. That's nothing. Yeah. And it just disappears and you'll have that money saved and you can pull from it. So if you're a booth renter, the life hack of automatic transfers is life-changing
1: such a game changer
0: it is such a game changer you know i just watched this documentary on netflix it's called get good with money 10 stars it was so good and they had all of these financial coaches pair up with one person and all the people were different there was like an athlete on there who had an injury and he makes bread but got injured Mm
1: -hmm. there
0: was a girl who's like an artist but working in restaurants living paycheck to paycheck There was a girl who was in $200,000 in credit card debt and there was a family who wanted to retire by 40 and they each paired up with a financial advisor and you learn the financial advisor's top things. And one of the girls, she wanted um, to have a budget, but she's like, realistically, like when you create a budget, like, do you ever look at it? No. Like, people will, like, want have good intentions, but then they don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So she said set up five different accounts. One is for bills. One is for debt payoff. One is for, oh, I can't remember. Watch the documentary. Um, but there was five accounts, and her paycheck got split into those five accounts. So she would just use a different card for different things. She'd use a card for groceries, a card for bills, a card. Uh, oh, and she had a vacation, a dream fund.
1: Oh, so it's like the zeroing out method, basically. So every dollar goes somewhere.
0: Exactly, but you can do it all with automatic transfers. And I'm telling you, if you sit down and plan some time, this is not something that's super complicated. A lot of people get overwhelmed with stuff like this. Like I can, th- I can see how it can be intimidating to do some work like this. And I know people get overwhelmed easily. But listen,
1: you can do it we should do a full separate episode on this
0: okay she's telling me to shut up I I (laughs) Bridget gives tough love sometimes it's hard for me to handle
1: it's better me than an internet troll
0: (laughs) that's true fuck these trolls I don't give a fuck if you're listening troll fuck you (laughs) I'm serious I can't it's fine it doesn't bother me but anyways (laughs) All right, that's our episode. We talked about so much. Um, I hope that you liked it. I hope you're having a great new year so far. Uh, the other cities that we're visiting, let's
1: yeah. see. Hopefully, Good we'll day. see you guys on tour this year.
0: Yeah, I hope to see you on tour. Let us I know. Always, I always say this is my last tour, <laughs> but I think this is my last tour.
1: For real. Yeah. Last tour to see Gina Bianca live. Don't miss it. You know,
0: otherwise you're going to have to drag your ass to the network, which is the you're most amazing to, place in the land.
1: Literally. You're going to have to get a bootleg video.
0: Oh my God. Imagine <laughs> if someone was filming outside of the window for my class, I'll have made it. I love it. All right. So we're going to be in Denver on April 3rd, Indianapolis on April 16th, Detroit on April 17th, Toronto on the 23rd, Montreal on the 24th of April. Minneapolis on April 30th. And then we're going to be in Milwaukee on May 1st. We just found our host salon. Shout out to Michelle. And we're going to be in the UK for the first time ever in Derby, England. And I think I'll be doing another class in Ireland as well when we are out there. So super hyped about all of that. And we will, you know, hopefully see you on tour, but I encourage you to take more classes, even if they're not mine. And you can also join our mastermind group if you want super budgeted education and coaching, but you guys know where to find all of that. You could visit GinaBianca.com and we can't wait to bring you more value next week here on the podcast. So I hope you guys have a great day and much love to you. This episode of the Gina Bianca podcast is brought to you by The Network Mastermind, my online education and coaching community where we grow together and elevate the beauty industry. You can learn more about Mastermind by visiting
1: www.thenetworkmastermind.com and join today.